This is the Purpose Church Podcast. We exist to help every person live on purpose. It is our prayer that this message helps you experience God in a brand new way. Uh, We're in week three of our series, Live No Lies. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, I'm not living a lie. And if you are and you just said that, you lied. (laughs) We've been learning that our war in life is against three enemies. In the Bible, it's very clear that it's the devil, the world, and the flesh. And, And everything we're dealing with in life can be pointed to one of those three things. And our war is not against people. Um, Our war is against lies. And not the lies you tell, that's, that's just, that's a behavior that comes out of some misdirected um, focus. I'm talking about the lies we live by, the lies that you've believed that have turned into false truth that govern your thinking and behavior and emotions. And we want to live lives as free people unshackled by lies of the past that have kept us stuck for too long. It's time to stop the emotional hurricane of, like we're in a kayak in a hurricane and we just can't get our bearings and we're confused and we're wondering what to do. The enemy loves to keep you confused. How many of you know God wants you to have some clarity and peace and purpose and a strategy? Because we all need stability. We all need a heading We all need to know where we're going. We all need to get our bearings. And for that, there's only one place to look, and it's in God's word alone. Because the truth is, we have a very real enemy that's not seeking to toy with you or tease you. He doesn't have time for that. And not only is that not what he does, like the enemy's not trying to hide your car keys. He's not trying to, you know, puncture your tires. He's not doing any of that. That's just life. What he is trying to do is kill steal, and destroy. The devil's not a tease. He's a murderer. The Bible said, we read that week one, that the devil's a murderer. He's been a murderer from the beginning, and a murderer, he'll stay. He's the father of all lies. He's the accuser. He's the chief accuser of the brethren, and he will do whatever it takes to take you out. We have to know his strategy so that we're not charging hell with a water pistol, that we're, we're going through life purposeful, knowing what he's up to, The Bible says we lose the war with the devil because we're ignorant of his schemes. So we got to know what he's up to. We got to know what he's doing. We got to know what he's saying. We want to unmask it. Because if, if God's mantra is on earth as it is in heaven, the devil's is on earth as it is in hell. And what's in hell is torment, death, confusion. And we want to find where he is. And so this series is all about seeking to resource you with biblical truth and also to help free you from some of the lies you've believed. And that's what the altar call was for service. You guys know we end our service every Sunday with response time. And we did response time, and people were coming down. And and I was down there in my normal seat, and people, the whole Everybody had somebody to pray for. All the prayer partners' lines were full. And I normally come up when they're looking like they're emptying out, we end the service. And then I, I was like, something's not, I feel like the devil's still lying to people right now. And I was like, I, you know, we don't normally do that, right? Like come up and like the team gets on their secret microphone and they're like, he's walking up. And they're like, oh God. Yeah, he's like, that's not on the sheet. 
By the way, the worship team killed it. Y'all followed very well. They do a great job every week, by the way. And I walked up and I told them uh, the story about this last weekend I preached three times at a men's conference on Friday and Saturday. And one of those altar calls was, uh, it was at the end of my second message, uh, which is a message I preached to men uh, called Lion and Lamb. And it's about how Jesus is both a tough lion and a tender lamb. And how God created men to have both sides. You can't be a tender lamb and let your family get stolen by the devil. And you can't be a tough lion and wound your own family. We have to have power under control. If you want to learn more about that, come to the conferences I preach at. Maybe we'll do one of our own. And I was preaching that message. And at the end, it also wasn't in my notes. I was like, I feel like there's men in the room that were attacked as a child by a tough lion, and you're still bleeding. The wound is not healed, and you're bleeding on your children. You're bleeding on your wife. And by the time I opened my eyes in that whole moment, the altar was full of men, and um, there were some folks from our church there, and I was like, y'all go over here. Like, it's just, like, I was just like, like, there's a dude in the back. Like, people, like, broken. These men have been living a lie, and I believe they left free. And I told them, I said, I want you to say with your mouth out loud, Dad, I forgive you. <laughs> it was intense. And I got up in first service, and I told that story, and I said, I think there's, I said, if, there, if broken men can get free of one of the deepest strongholds a man can have in his life. There's some folks here that needed to hear that so you could have that extra boost of courage to come down. Don't leave here with that lie. And since we're going to end service differently, we're not going to do the normal prayer. We're not going to do announcements. Everything's on the website anyway. Just read it. It's in your worship guide. It's in the website. We don't need to do that from up here. You know, this isn't a country club. We don't need an announcement. Just watch the website. Follow it online. So it's what we're, what we're going to do is we're gonna, I'm going to pray and we're going to dismiss those who need to leave. And those who know that's you, after that prayer come down, more people came down after service than came up during service. And so for those of you that walked in on time, for those of you that are like, I didn't see that, you were late to church. That's why you didn't see it. <laughs> and I know who you are. Anyway, but the, uh, those of you that got here, you were like, what is going on up there? God... Guys, God's doing something in people. And people have been shackled by these lies way too long. And some of you have been shackled by these lies even to the point where you think it's true. You ever had somebody tell a lie so long they thought it was true? And you say it enough, you're like, yeah, I did graduate from there. No, you didn't. You know, I guess only Congress does that. But the rest of us. But y'all with me on that, though? Anyway, there's a... <laughs> Guys, we, we've embodied these lies and we have to identify it and the devil does not want you to know what they are because he's a coward and he can only operate in secret and when you're asleep and some of you have been having severe nightmares that you need set free from. And some of you, I, I don't know, I didn't even say that first service, but I think there's some people in the room that you can't even sleep you just want to stay up and watch TV because you know if you go to sleep, you're going to see it again. 
You know that if you go to sleep, you feel unprotected. You know that if you go to sleep, that's when bad things happen in your mind and you don't want to do it again. And the enemy is a coward and he can only live in secret. So how about today we turn the lights on? Because when the lights get turned on, all the roaches scatter. So we're going to do that today. There's lies that you've believed. The strategy of the series was to unmask the enemy so that we can develop a strategy to fight back, to, to, not, to not let him hide anymore, but to pull it back and develop a strategy for it so we don't get bamboozled again, so we don't get duped again. And it would actually, Kelly and I feel like it would actually be sinful for us to create a church service for you where you just leave inspired. And if that's what you're looking for, this ain't it. Will you leave inspired? I think you will. I don't think you leave there. I don't think you, any of you ever leave church going, dang. I think you leave here going, oh, the devil's in big trouble. So I think you'll leave inspired, but that's not the goal. The goal is not inspiration or fun or entertainment. The goal is that you become a disciple, not just a believer. And a disciple knows exactly what the devil's doing. Believers just like worship and don't like the idea of hell. And so we're going to get you past that and get you into long-lasting effectiveness by living free and living in truth. We're going to unmask him. The devil's strategy is deceitful desires, is deceitful ideas that play to disorders, desi disordered desires that are then normalized in a sinful society. So there's this idea that comes into your mind and then it seeps into our lives and you guys know we're triune beings, we're body, soul, and spirit. The spirit is not in control. That's a part of us that's connected and redeemed by God. Our soul is our mind, will, and emotions. And man, haven't you lived a life before where your mind and your emotions are in complete control and that leads to a disordered life and then culture celebrates your disorder and then in the next generation, it turns into truth. So it's going to take some adults to stand up and start saying, not on my watch. Those deceitful ideas will never lead to a disordered life because I'll catch it before it gets there. We got to know his strategy. In Ephesians 2, it says, once you were dead in your disobedience and your many sins. We've been, we've been there before. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world. You obeyed the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He was the spirit at work in you when you were refusing to obey. And that sounds really mean. Like, you're like, what'd you learn at church today? The pastor said I was possessed by the devil. That's not what I said. That's not what I said at all. But a Christian can be heavily influenced to sin. A Christian can have this mindset of that won't happen to me, and in our ignorance, the devil, we look up two years later, and we're like, how did my life get here? And we have to stay awake. We have to stay aware. Verse 3, all of us used to live that way, and I'm glad that that's there just for those who think you don't struggle. You're like, oh, well, I don't, I'm doing really well. No, all of us, all of us have been there, and all means all. We've all been there, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone 
else. Another translation, I love it. It's a little more, I don't study out of this translation, but it's fun to read. It says, as for you, don't you remember when you used to just exist? When you used to just wake up and just clock in and just tolerate your spouse and just be around your kids, present but emotionally distant, just binging Netflix, just waking up again dog tired, just to do it all over again. The devil loves that hamster wheel. Remember last week I said the devil's, well, part of the devil's strategy is just to get everyone in the world alone with a phone. And that continues this, I just exist. We were corpses, dead in life, buried by transgression, wandering the course of this perverse world. You were the offspring of the prince of the power of the air. Oh, how he owned you. And he still controls those living in disobedience. I'm not talking about outsiders alone. He's talking about church folk. We're all guilty of falling headlong into the persuasive passions of the world. I mean, it's persuasive. Sin doesn't show up and say, hey, I'm going to confuse all your children. They're going to be able to think they can change species. It's going to be great. No, it's persuasive. It, go, it redefines love first. That started in the 70s. Decades later, this is what our children go to school with. And we have to understand that the church can't close its eyes and build giant buildings and sing pretty songs while the devil steals our children. We gotta wake up. Because it's persuasive what they're hearing. It's persuasive what you're hearing. It's persuasive what we read in here. And we've, we've been through some stuff, and we still fall for it. What about these beautiful kids? We've all had our fill of indulging in the flesh and the mind, obeying the impulses to follow perverse thoughts motivated by dark power. See, there were some, the enemies that were listed, the devil, Prince of the power of the air. He's constantly at work in secret. There's the world. You followed the ways of the world. There's the flesh gratifying the cravings of the flesh. And we have these moments where the devil, the world, the flesh, like these things are in control a lot. And the flesh, the, the, the devil is, and Kelly, we, we talked about this week one. It's, it's, his name is, is, in Greek is diabolo, and it's where Spanish gets diablo. Dia, diameter, balo is where we get the word ballistics. And his name, by definition, is to come in between and explode. So all those nights you're too busy for date night, he's gonna use that to his advantage. All those moments you're too busy on Zoom calls for your kids, he's gonna use it to his advantage, all those times where you disobey the Sabbath and you go start the next week dog tired only to have nothing left for your family on Friday, he's gonna use that to his advantage. All the doom scrolling, he's gonna use it to his advantage. We are the devil's MVP most of the time. And he's, he, he loves that. And he'll put you on payroll if you let him. And we have to understand what he's up to there, the world 
We're going to talk about that next week. Today is the, the, the flesh. And when I was thinking about the flesh, I was thinking about what, what could I use to illustrate this? And all I could think about in that moment, all I could think about was my dog. And I know it sounds goofy. I was trying to think of a better one too. But he actually is the perfect example of the flesh. You want to see a picture of him? Here's Joey. You want to see Joey? Here's Joey. That's Joey. He's a one and a half year old German short haired pointer. And he is the second German short haired pointer we had. He has a very high bar to reach to reach Lola status. He's nowhere close yet. He's very annoying. But he's cute though, right? But if you're like me and someone like shows me an adult dog, I'm like, and they're like, look at him, he's so cute. I'm like, no, he's an adult dog. I would never say an adult dog's cute. But you wanna see him as a puppy? This one's cute. This is Joey as a puppy. That's the first day he came home. And it was so cute. That was right after I found out he ate the windowsill. Or before I found out. So he's looking at me like, Daddy, don't, don't go over there. That was bef- that right, right before I found it. Anyway, the backstory to pictures is my favorite. Because after that, it, it was on. So I was like, but that. But Joey is a perfect example of indulging in the flesh. As cute as he is, as persuasive as he is to his carnal passions and lustful desires, Joey will find something he wants and take it. Whether it's in KK's room, he's going to take it. If it's something in the boys' room, or the little squishmallow pillows. I mean, I went upstairs one day and it looked like a winter wonderland of fuzz. He had eaten everything. Lola never did that. I told him one day, it's like, be Lola or be gone. Kelly's like, hey. I'm like, he doesn't speak English. I was joking. Anyway, he takes whatever he wants. One time he was so engulfed in his carnal desire. I got to the top of the stairs and I saw him in the kitchen and all I saw was his backside and his tail wagging like he just won the lottery. And I was like, oh no. And then I looked at the island and all of the steak was gone. And if you know me personally, you know how much I believe God created medium rare ribeyes. And I had already got the grill going and, and I was like, I, God, please help me right now. I go downstairs, and you know what the the terrible thing was, is he had his own bowl of food I just filled up for him over there. But that wasn't good enough, because there's something over here that I need, and and, and it's great, and I I know what's in it, (laughs) and I know know what the ingredients are, And, and, and I want it, and he took it, He ate four ribeyes before I knew. And he wasn't much older than this, so he looked pregnant (laughs) after he did that. And he he was so engulfed in his sinful act (laughs) that he didn't even hear me come down our creaky stairs. And I get down the stairs, and his tail's wagging right here. He doesn't even know I'm there. He's finishing up the last morsel of the fat around the, mm. 
I always get hungry in second service. And I wish I had had an air horn, but I scared him so bad. He took off running, hit the cabinets, hit a chair, slammed into the back door. And I was like, get outside. And, and he, he had his tail doing he ran outside. And then he sat in the, the yard shaking, looking at me. And I was like, stay there. And I shut the door. And Kelly's like, thought I was yelling at a kid. And so she's like, what's going on down there? She doesn't, she's going to listen to this. I'm in big trouble. She, she doesn't talk like that. Uh, but I was like, nothing. I was yelling at Joey. Um, also, we need to go to Matanga's because he ate all our food. And we got to go out to eat. And I was thinking about that. I was like, how, many, how animalistic is that? And then I thought, I'm the same. He's cuter, but I'm the same. You're the same. We're all, we're, because here's what lust does. It, is, it consumes for one's own pleasure without care for the cost to them or anyone else. Joey did not care that we were now hungrier. Joey did not care that I paid for the dog food that he has thus wasted. And Joey also did not care for the impending vet bill to his disobedience. There's, you and I do that. We make decisions. We take promotions at work that damage our children and keep us from them. We, we do things professionally that take us out of God's house. We make decisions that make no sense. We, we think it's a promotion. We think we're getting a promotion, but you forgot you're going into a new tax bracket. You're actually taking home less. You didn't ask for wisdom. You didn't ask anyone. You just did it. You just took it. Bradley did that one night on taco night. And there's only two things my kids won't complain about. Any parents in the room know? Like there's, like don't, don't complain over food your mama made. Anyway, they do. And so they, <laughs> except Kaylin, she's perfect. She doesn't do anything wrong. Um, <laughs> it's always the boys. Anyway, so there's, there's tacos there, all the fixings. And Bradley was too little at that time to make his own tacos. And Joey's just, you know, you know sitting there like, waiting, because he knows Bradley's going to drop everything. So he's like, I'm waiting for the little one to feed me. So he's sitting there waiting. Joey was tiny, and Bradley was like, he would make a mess. We made it for him. And uh, Bradley looked at his tacos, but he looked at Levi's. He took all of Levi's food and started eating it with his there. If you know Levi, it started World War III. And so you don't, you don't steal Levi's tacos. And that's the only thing he'll eat. And so we're, we're like, don't, don't do that. And I was thinking, like, man, we... When I look back at, I have everything I need right in front of me, just like Adam and Eve did. We talked about it last week. They had thousands of other things they could eat, but there was one thing, and they disobeyed God's protective order, took themselves out of his blessing, and their son got murdered for it. And now you and I have to wear clothes. It's very expensive. Let's put a definition to it. The flesh is our behavior governed by our, in self, uh, our sinful self. Our behavior is governed by that. And, and it doesn't, this battle doesn't get easier just because you get saved. And that's why we tell you, you gotta get in a small group. You gotta have people around you that know you and love you, that can tell when you're not okay. And even when you say, yeah, I'm fine, they know that fine means I'm lying. 
because they can tell by the tone of your voice, everybody needs a friend like that. Everybody needs a friend who will look at you and tell you the truth even though they know you're gonna be upset because they care more about you and your family and your future than your friendship. That's a real friend. And so when we look at those things, when we need people like that that can help us see when the flesh is taken over, that can help us identify that. And that's why we make response time such a big deal in our services so people don't have to, uh, have to leave here with a lie. They can come get freedom and then they can step into a small group and gain more freedom. And then every year is a building block of their faith. And, and we're about helping build you, not build an organization. We're wanting God to just help your family tree and that's the goal there. When we look at the flesh and we see our animalistic tendencies, we see that we don't understand freedom like we thought we did. Because freedom in today's culture is do whatever you want, say whatever you want, believe whatever you want, be whatever you want, write truth however you want, and if anyone opposes you, they are the enemy. And that was not even in the thinking even in some of our country's foundational documents, it talks about that freedom is only going to work, and the exact wording is, if, if they have the responsibility to govern oneself. That we have to govern that freedom, not abuse it. And the only way that's going to work is if we are under submission to a higher power and we are not the boss, we are in submission to him, that we have to look at how we have these insatiable cravings that our founders would have looked at as uncivilized and barbaric. That there's these things in us that were not even in the thought patterns at the time. But to be free is to be disciplined. Can I say it this way? To find freedom is to live life as a disciple, to know God, know what he sounds like, and do what he says. Let's look at the way they used the word flesh. First of all, was, it was about the body. It was, it was the body, it was the, that was the first way they would use the word. Makes sense. This is a temporal tent. We are eternal beings have a, having a temporary earth experience. But what I'm looking forward to is the day that we get to exchange this body for a resurrected one. We get to go into heaven with a six pack and no eyeglasses. That's what I'm ready for. A resurrected body. Go into heaven ripped and spiritual. That's what we're ready for. And when we think about it, it's like when they wrote songs like I'll fly away, I'm like yeah, let's go. That was the body they're talking about, this temporal body. But the other one they, they, that they used was when they're talking about ethnicity. Ethnicity is not just your country you're from, the origin, language. It also means your education, your social network, and the resources afforded to you. When that word was used, it wasn't what we've diluted it to today. It meant more. So it was treated with more respect. It meant a lot more. And even, and even though it meant more, look what they told the Philippians. Put no confidence in any of it. And what we see the devil trying to do is he's trying to get all of us to put confidence in something that's not eternal. 
And when we look at what the devil's trying to do, he's trying to get us to boast in something that's not God. That doesn't mean it's bad, it just means it's not God. And when we do that, we are ignoring the things that keep us free. And then we look up two years later and go, how'd I get here? And most often used in scripture, it's talking about the sinful nature. Look at 2 Peter 2. Those who follow the corrupt desire of the flesh and despise authority. If there's ever a scripture in the Bible that you could probably relate to in 2024, those who follow the corrupt desire of the flesh and despise anyone who tells them wisdom, anyone who tells them they're wrong, anyone who tells them there's a better way. I think we can all relate to the fact that we've had run-ins with this. We see it every time you hit the power button on your television. You guys, we have to learn a different way of living. We have to learn a different way of living because we, the Bible says, remember first week, second week, we used the scripture where it's talking about your father was the devil. And, you're, and I was like, my father wasn't the devil. I started thinking about it. I was like, yeah, I was a demon. Yeah, I was. Like I did a lot of dumb stuff. And, and I heard a lot of people. And I remember thinking about what is, how does that happen though? And when we look at the scriptural context, it talks about you were raised in that home with your father, the devil. But we are now adopted into the family of Christ. We have a new father and a new home with a new set of rules. And we gotta learn what those rules are. We got, because they're protective. We can't live life in this new home the old way. So we have to learn how to put to death the deeds of the flesh. Look at Proverbs 27. Death and destruction are never satisfied. Read that next part with me. One, two, ready, read. And neither are human eyes. Never satisfied. We always want what's not ours. We always want it. 2 Corinthians 3, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Free from what? Lies. Romans 6, don't you know that you offer yourself to someone as an obedient slave? You're slaves to that person. You have to obey them. Whether you're, sla whether you're slaves to sin, which leads to death, or you're a slave to obedience, which leads to righteousness. And righteousness doesn't mean perfection. It means in right relationship with God. So if we are obedient, we're in right relationship. So we're hearing him, there's a pathway. But here's his roadmap. Temptation, the choice to rebel, and if that's yes, slavery. And we look at this cycle, this is never gonna go away. This is his game plan now and forever. This is never gonna change. Till the day you die, this is never gonna change. And then there's a choice. And if we don't understand his strategy, we end up here. And when we end up here, we have a less chance of seeing the next one. And we look up and there are all these shackles we're bound by. And it was so beautiful to see these grown men breaking shackles yesterday. So they said, I'm done with it. I'm done with this. At the end of the conference, they stood up and I had everybody say their last name out loud and declare freedom over their last name. And, 
And I think there's so much power in thinking and having the right mindset to freedom because when we look at this, our country calls it addiction. Like, oh, they're addicted, they're slaves. And it's, it's not just a condition that needs help, it's a mindset that needs redeemed. When we get away from God's pathway, we start to call things nice words and then we lose sight of the actual prescription for the pain. And so we have to see it for what it is because John 8, if the sun sets you free, you are what? Free indeed. Are there any free people in the room that have been freed by Jesus Christ? You better say louder amen than that. You're no longer a slave. Our slavery was replaced with freedom. And the only way to live free is intimacy with him. And in that intimacy, he wants to show you his purposes and plans for your life. And I get it. You might be thinking, Landon, that sounds like a lot of work. It sounds like just really hard because you're like talking about my job, my friends, my hobbies, my Netflix. Landon, you're, you're talking about everything. No, I don't want you to pile it on. What I want you to see is what you're missing. Because some of us have gotten really good at shuffling through life with our chains between our ankles. And you think you're moving forward, but you're this close to falling on your face. Because you're bound, but they gave you just enough chain. The devil gave you just enough chain to make you think you're walking. But you'll never run. Things move slow. You don't see things coming. You can't get out of the devil's way when he's running at you because you're chained. So let's talk about how to live free. Because if you're, if you're thinking it's a lot of work, I'm not gonna lie to you, for some of you it might be. That's why you gotta have a small group with you. You gotta ask a lot of questions, get people next to you, people helping you. If, if you have unfiltered access to the internet and your wife never sees it or your husband never sees it, if your children have it and you don't know what's going on, if you're not living in relationship with anybody, you're offering yourself to the devil on a silver platter. A buddy of mine who's been here to our church and brought his youth group here, and um, I used him and his family in a, a sermon illustration we did when we were talking about friendship. Every Friday, he gets a report of every website I've been to. And we've been doing that as long as these programs have been invented. I'm not gonna let the devil use me as his MVP. And I still mess up stuff. So imagine if we were, had no protections, no friends, because you're either gonna pay the price on the front end and harvest freedom, or you're gonna pay the price on the back end to have comfort now and eternal death. You're gonna pay a price either way. Let's pay it on the front end and harvest righteousness and freedom. So how do we stop living in the flesh? Number one, you gotta ask the Holy Spirit for help. The Holy Spirit, the parakletos, in Greek that's para, parallel. Kletos comes from kaleo, the one who's called to you. The Holy Spirit's name is literally the one who Jesus sent, called, it, called the Holy Spirit to come right next to you. So at any moment's notice, the Bible calls him your helper, your comforter, your counselor. 
All you got to do is say a prayer. All you got to do is ask. That phone line's always on. Just asking for help because you and I don't have enough power in us to do it. And we don't have enough good ideas to get it done either. We need the Holy Spirit's help. And the Bible very clear about the power of the Holy Spirit. And Kelly and I were actually talking last week that we want to adjust some of our sermon series soon. And we want to do a whole series on what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. I'm ready for those altar calls. 2 Corinthians 12, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in what? Weakness. It's just sometimes Christianity, you read these verses, you're like, that's so confusing. But it's not when you actually get down to it. He says, I'm gonna boast in my weakness because I'm a dead person. I don't have any power. I'm dead. I only have power if Christ's power is in me. So instead of us making decisions and asking God to bless our decisions, why don't we make the decisions the Holy Spirit led us to make in the first place and let him empower us in those efforts? Because I don't have the ability to say no to my flesh, but the Holy Spirit does. I don't have the ability, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a flawed human being. I need his help. In other words, this is part of you being responsible with your freedom, learning how to govern yourself. Number two, create relationships of honor and honesty. What do you think the key word is on this screen? You guys said what the first service said. Y'all are scared to say it. First service yelled it out. They're more awake than y'all. They're the first service people. They were awake way before you were. The key word here is actually create. I didn't say find it. It's not like there's a relationship waiting for you, just waiting to be found. Like, I hope he finds me. We're gonna be best friends. Nope, that doesn't exist. And it's not gonna fall in your lap either. And this is hardest for men. I'm not gonna create a relationship with him. I don't even like him. I got stuff to do. I got, like, I'm, I'm trying to provide, I'm trying to, and out of like a heart for some of the right things, it leads you into isolation. And then you're in an echo chamber in and of your own self, falling victim yet again to slavery, trying to lead your family into freedom when you can't even run. We have to have freedom and part of that is creating relationships. I've already talked about small groups. You gotta create it. You have to create these relationships. You can't wait on them to always ask you to come over for dinner. Clean your own house, hide your steaks from your dog, and invite them over. <laughs> create the relationships. Proverbs 27, six, faithful are the wounds of a friend who corrects out of love and concern, but the kisses of an enemy, but the, the likes of an Insta friend, the fake friendships are deceitful because they serve the devil's hidden agenda. Now I know we don't, like some of you guys have verses tattooed on you and stuff, I thought about it, but I'm like, I don't, Someone's like, why don't you get a tattoo of a mountain? I'm like, I don't like mountains that much. I like them, but I don't like them enough to look at it all forever. Like, why don't you get a tattoo? I'm like, no, stop. I don't want one. 
It's needles that don't, no. But if you are gonna tattoo a verse on, you put that one. Some of y'all put your love by God. You know that, but you forget this one. So stop putting the nice stuff and put, the, put this stuff, like, hey. No, so when you're, going, when you're doing something stupid, usually you're having to, you're like, oh, no. My faithful friends are gonna wound me out of love and concern. No, that's an evil kiss. Mm-mm. We need a reminder. And this is, it's impossible to live a life of freedom without people like that in your life. You gotta have those people. One translation says the wounds of a friend can be trusted. Can be trusted. You have people in your life that when they say something to you, even if you don't think it's right at first, you trust them so you at least think about it. And then half the time they're right, you're like, yeah, they saw it way before I even knew I was doing it. Because they know me and love me. And I wanna tell you that this is uncomfortable and I know it is for some of you. But these friends don't show up overnight. You have to invest in these relationships where somebody's gonna honor you and be honest. And it comes down to they're gonna fight for you. And if you've never taken these next steps, we wanna encourage you to do that. Even in growth track, taking a step to being in the place where you're gonna find those people. So sign up for the next one. Come to Growth Track, it takes two hours, and we feed you food. And someone watches your kids. You get two hours away from your kids, so just come. Learn, take a step. No one's gonna take that step for you. But I wanted to say this to you, the church is not a community of comfort. It's a community of calling. We don't sit around, at, uh, around the conference table at our midweek campus on 1518 and have staff meeting and talk about how to make you happy or how to make things inspirational or comforting. We talk about how to help you win. And most of the time, it's through discomfort. So if you're feeling antsy, we did it on purpose because you have to step out of that comfort of wanting to be entertained by religion, but have a relationship as a disciple with your Savior. And they're not the same. We have to take a step forward. And probably one of the biggest ones we're gonna end with is never ever trust your willpower. Don't. <laughs> Don't do it. You're thinking about the strength in you. You watch Rocky. And you're like, I, I got this. I got this. Like you, you, you think you're, you you're going to be able to pull it off. You, and then you look up and you're, want, you're needing to repent for the same thing again. needing to change your mind about something again and what starts as an act of the will eventually turns into our inner nature and those choices turn into our character and then we look up and our spouse tells us I don't even know who you are anymore and it's a slow fade and without people around you that know how the devil works and knows who you are the lies turn into a false truth and that's when there's separation that's when the devil won a victory. 
and we have to see it coming. But let me encourage you in this Galatians 6. Make no mistake, God cannot be mocked. What you give is what you get. What you sow, you harvest. Those who sow seeds in the flesh will only harvest destruction from their inner sinful nature. But those who sow seeds into the Spirit, you know how to sow seeds into the Spirit? It's making sure your kids see you doing spiritual things. It's making sure you're investing in yourself. It's making sure you're spending time with people who lift you up, not keep you the same. Which actually keeping you the same is actually a way of putting you down. It just takes longer. Because there's no neutral friendships. It's investing your family's resources and time into something that'll live beyond you. It's sowing the right seeds to get the right harvest. We can't sow seeds of lukewarm and reap a harvest of Christian children. We can't sow seeds of selfishness and expect harmony in our home. And we can't sow seeds of apathy, which is actually a tool of the enemy. It's demonic. We can't sow demonic type seeds and expect our children to be angels. We can't live like that anymore. We can't live hiding anymore. We can't live alone anymore. We can't let the devil change the definition of our last name into something he's been wanting to change it into for a very long time. We have to invest. And then the Bible goes on to say, but those who sow seeds into the Spirit shall harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So may you never tire of doing what is good, what is right before the Lord. Because in His season, we will bring in a great harvest if we just don't quit. So those days you don't feel like going to small group. It's not an option for you not to go. I'm going. Those days where you wake up on Sunday and you're like, man, it'd be a really good day not to go today. Nope, I made a decision. Those days where you don't want to parent, your kids make you parent more. Those days you don't want to go to work, you go. You guys, we have to see the devil's strategy is to get you to think that Christianity is just all about inspiration and great music and fun. But Christianity is actually all about death so that you can be resurrected into the image of the one who created you. But if you're holding on to your identity and your career tighter than you're holding on to God's word, you're missing it. If you're holding on to a, a false identity of what someone told you you were in the past, and you've been living your life through that lie, you're missing it. That's why we come to him open-handed, saying, God, I'm not holding on to anything. What do you want me to let go of? What, God, I may not even know what I'm holding on to. Some of us may not even know, but it, there's something there, and it's weighing you down, and you're tired of carrying it around. It's going to be hard work, but we're going to choose to pay it on the front end. We're gonna to choose to pay it on the front side so that there would be a harvest of righteousness. And you almost have to be aggressive with your strategy because the devil doesn't wake up 
and go, hey, at what level from zero to 10, um, senior lieutenant colonel demon, do you want to, do you want to attack Landon today? Let's do five and a half. He had a rough day yesterday. No, it's 10 all day, every day. He doesn't have an accelerator pedal, it's just on. So we have to understand, we have to have safeguards and people and a plan. If there's not a spiritual plan for your family, if, you, if you're wondering what's gonna happen to your kid, but get them in Awana on Wednesday night. There's a hundred children that dominate the building on Wednesday. Get them in there. Serve back there. Be part of their development. Get involved investing spiritually. The time in Christianity to be consumers is over. The game has changed. We've lived through the 90s and 2000s in the church growth movement. We've done all of that. And what it produced was we got rid of Sunday school for, kid, for adult small groups and we neglected discipling our children and now we're reaping the benefits of it, which was death and destruction of the next generation. That's why I love that we hired Sarah. She's just finished her first week on staff. She's got 170 children and 80 volunteers under her. There's an army of people that are doggedly determined the devil's not getting these kids. Let's stay focused. Let's stay focused. Let's Let's not let the enemy dupe us into thinking that our willpower, that our ideas, that our dreams can do it. We have to have the Holy Spirit. We have to have people, and we got to know our willpower lies. What we want to do to end tonight, to end today, everybody go ahead and stand to your feet. Prayer team, go ahead and come on down. I hope is helpful for you today. I'm not trying to entertain you, just trying to help you. And we're gonna take communion in just a moment. The tables are getting prepared. The prayer team is gonna be down here. If you never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, come down and get prayer and tell them, hey, I'm ready to know Jesus. I, I don't have peace in my life and I understand I can't have peace without knowing the Prince of Peace. And you'll pray a prayer that out loud that gives Jesus full authority in your life and your name is erased from hell's rolls and written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And you'll leave here freer than you walked in. And then the journey begins. And if you're coming home, like if you're, you, knew, you knew Jesus before, you've walked away, man, Jesus, Jesus saw you drive up today and he's already running out the front door to the driveway before you even get out of the car. He's not judging you. He's not mad at you. He's glad you're home. Just come down and rededicate your life and say, I'm not doing it my way anymore. If you need to speak the name of Jesus over your flesh so it can stop winning, come pray with the prayer partner. Do you need healing in your physical body? Come pray with the prayer partner. Do you need courage for these steps? Come pray. Do you need wisdom? Come get prayer. There's power at the altar. Don't let the enemy put these spiritual concrete blocks on your feet right now. Make a move. 
take a step because you can't steer a parked car. Start moving. Even if it's slow, at least you're moving. Next year, you might be going 10 miles an hour, but you'll look up in four years and you're on the Autobahn of Holy Ghost and you don't know how you got there, but you're like, man, I used to be a parked car, busted up and broken, and now I'm driving fast and teaching other people how to do it. You'll never be the same. Take a step forward to Jesus today. Hold your hands out in an open posture. Just, God, would you pour wisdom? Would you pour strength? God, would you, where their their open hands, would you take out of their hands that heavy thing they've been carrying and put into their hands the things only you can that are easy and light? And God, may we honor you and respect you to the point where we trust you. So God, in these moments, these holy moments, will we not allow the lie of the enemy to control or dominate this moment, but we say yes, 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 yes to you. And God, whatever you want to do in us, we say yes to it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Church Podcast. If God used this message to impact your life, Tell us your story by emailing mystory@thepurposechurch.com. Be sure to follow us on social media and check out our website at thepurposechurch.com to get connected and receive all the latest information.